God bless you, Stephen. Thank you for that. He's always a blessing when he comes and, and uh, shares with us in song. Bless you, Stephen. Well, it's good to be in church today, amen? And happy Father's Day to all the fathers. And if you're not a father yet, you'll eventually get there maybe one day, God willing, and you'll see what it's like. But it's, <laughs> it's really a truly blessing to be a father. And uh, looking back, you know, I, I come from a family of four. I'm the oldest son. Uh, my sister is older than me. Then I have two brothers that are, gosh, about nine, ten years difference. So there's a big gap in between. So um, I come from a family of four. My, my mom and dad are here, Michael and Gwen. And um, it, uh, it was a, with dad being around, you know, we worked together and things like that in the business. And... Uh, <laughs> He is truly a blessing, and the, the greatest thing that he showed me is showing the love of Christ through him to his family. And I want to thank you for that, Dad, because if you don't have that, then, you know, it, it's, it's just a great thing. And it leads us on to greater things, and, and you can show it to your own kids, and you can show it to your grandkids, and things like that. You know, from generation to generation, you can show the love of Christ. So thank you, Dad. I love you. And uh, he's been a great father. There was a, I know, uh, growing up, growing up, little thing about Father's Day. Growing up, you know, we used to work together in business, and me and my brother. And, you know, he used to be, he's really old school. I don't know if you figured that out yet. He's really old school when you're, when you're out doing business and things like that. We was working, and, you know, during the day, it would be like 100 degrees, and you'd be out there working all day. And then, you know, he'd be like, we'd be waiting for something, some deliveries made, made, and we'd be like, Dad, I'm so hungry. He's like, oh, when I was your age, I didn't, I worked till 12 o'clock at night, never ate nothing. <laughs> and that's what would happen. We'd end up with a Coca-Cola and a bag of Doritos for lunch. You would be lucky if you get that. <laughs> Memories. I remember, though, I was being the oldest son, and my younger brothers, well, they were a lot younger, and Dad was a little older when they came along, and uh, they, they would get in a little bit of trouble because they'd always fight, you see, because they were close in age, and uh, he'd always get them in trouble. He said, it wouldn't be, it's not the one, but the two. So the two of them would get it, no matter which one did it, you know what I mean? So I'd just sit there and be like, uh-huh, <laughs> being the older son, uh, uh, you know, which I know I was the favorite anyway, so... It's good to be in church, amen? Well, uh, my message today, the title of my message today, I'm not going to keep you long because I know a lot going on with Father's Day, so I'll keep you under an hour sometime. <laughs> the title of my message today is A Father Figure, A Father Figure. You know, it's, it's, it's a real blessing. I have a, a children of my own, my Elizabeth, she's 11, my Liam, he's 7. And it's been a, it's a real, sometimes it's a challenge, you know, and it's sometimes you, you go through things and they, they say things to you and, and you're like, oh, you know, it takes you all you can to, you know, back when we would say something, I would always, with mom, you know, you could kind of get away with things with mom, but when she would say, well, your dad's coming home, well, forget it, you know, oh, don't tell dad, don't tell dad, please, I, I won't do, don't tell dad. And it would end right there, you know, but, you know, being a father is very challenging, and being a Christian father, you know, we have to show love and we have to show patience and kindness and meekness. And it's kind of hard sometimes when you have kids. Anybody been there? 
Everybody been there? Amen. You know, but, you know, with Liam and Elizabeth, it's, you know, I think girls are a little different. Girls are a little more mature, and you can kind of, you know, reason with them a little bit. But boys, they just, you know, boys are boys. And I, I know with my Liam, he kind of, you know, he, well, let's have it put it this way. Um, he's, he's quite a character. He's got this, this character that's, that's, you know, it's really funny at times. But he's just a little, sometimes he's just a little rascal. And what he says is that it's, it's the things he says that gets him in trouble. Let's put it that way. And, you know, and uh, he's so different than what I guess I was. I was really quiet. And I don't know what side of the family he got that from. I guess the Watsons. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Derek was like that when he was little. But, you know, it's a real challenge sometimes to, to you know, being a father. It truly is. But it's a blessing. It's a true blessing. You know, being a true Christian father, which many claim to be, can be difficult at times. But there's nothing that Liam or Elizabeth can do that will make me not love them. There's nothing. Not that I would, you know, not that I know of so far. There is nothing. They can, you know, they can push your right buttons. They can do this and they can do that, make you disappointed more at times. But there's nothing they can do that will make me not love them. Amen? But my message today about a father figure is not about us as being fathers here. Today, I want to tell you of a father who loves us unconditionally. And a father that we've been speaking about today, his name is Jesus Christ. He loves us unconditionally. Amen? You see, we serve a mighty God, but most of all, he is a loving God. Why is he a loving God? Well, he sent his son Jesus to die for each and every one of us. If you turn to Romans 5, if you have your Bibles with you, Romans 5 and 6. And it reads like this, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. It's a great part of Scripture. We shall be saved by His life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. See, I love this passage of Scripture. It's, a, it's Paul uh, explains basically the nature of God's love. God loved us when we were unlovable in the world's eyes and ungodly. He loved us. He loved each one so so much he sent his son to die for us. You know that God loves us just the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us the way we are. See, when you find the love of God, your life and the things you do, there's a change. There's like, a, it might not be drastic. It might not be, I mean, not drastic. Let me put that back. It might not be instant, but he works on the heart. For we are the clay, he is the potter. He molds us and makes us and, mel and molds our heart 
into a loving Father. Amen? If God loved us when we were helpless, ungodly enemies, how much more will He love us now that we are His children? We're His children. You know that song, we, we sung a song, I'm a friend of God. No, I'm, I'm a family member of God. Not a friend anymore, I'm part of His family. Amen? By the death of His Son Jesus, by His blood we have been justified. That is declared righteous and reconciled, meaning our position of separation from God has been changed. You're, the separation has been changed forever. For each one of us as believers are no longer enemies, but children of the Most High God. You see, when we accept Christ in our lives, and our heart, we have the benefits of reconciliation and adoption. We are now children of God. We are part of God's family. I don't know about you, but that's a family I, that I'm very happy to be part of. Amen? Well, you may ask, you might ask yourself this question. Hey, well, yeah, but you don't know what I've done in the past. I'm not worthy of being loved. You can't sit here today and say you're not loved because Jesus loves you this morning. God loves you. He's a heavenly, loving God. Romans 8.37, if you turn it to that real quick. Well, I'll, I'll read it out to you. It's a, it's a shorter verse. 8, 8.37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing in this world that can separate God's love from you. That's pretty much all you need to know today. You know, it's, nothing can separate us from God's love. He's a good, good father. Amen? He's a loving father. Trials and tribulations of life come along, but they don't separate us from Christ's love. They make us more than conquerors by forcing us to depend on Him. You know, there's times uh, we can't, I can't do it on my own. There's times I, can't, I struggle. But, you know, we have a loving Heavenly Father we can go to, and He says, cast all your cares on Him, for He cares for you. There's absolutely nothing that can separate us from God's love. Nothing in this life. If God the... The uncreated one is for us, and no, one, no created thing can separate us, then our security in him is 100% guaranteed. It's done. It's absolute. 1 John 4, 9, 11 reads, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. The love of God was visibly demonstrated through Jesus' work on the cross on our behalf. As Christians, we also have to have God's love in our hearts and show it to others. Amen? Love for one another, our brothers and sisters. This proves our spiritual birth and relationship with the Lord. Now, there's a great parable that Jesus spoke of, of a loving father in the Bible, and I would like to share it with you. Are you still with me? Yeah. Amen. Turn to Luke. Luke 13. Luke 15, sorry. This is a very famous portion of Scripture. I'm sure you know the story, but I'll read it. 
and uh, uh, and I'll kind of digest it a little bit, and uh, just bear with me. I think it's uh, appropriate for today. Luke fifteen eleven. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received them safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not, let, would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed, transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. This parable refers to the prodigal son. You know, in the scripture, in, in verse 12, you see, in the ancient world, this son most likely would have been in his teens and single. And as a younger son, he would have received half of what the elder son received, or a third, or his father's estate. You see, back then, the early Jews warned fathers against breaking up an estate too early. Here, the father granted the request. This illustrates, in the scripture, how God permits each person to go his or own way. This permits us to have free will. In verse 13, it says he wasted his possessions. The verb here means to scatter or disperse something. 
The term translated prodigal describes a debased, extravagant life. He lived an extravagant life. He spent his fortune on this, that, and the other. Verse 15, feeding swine was an insulting job for a Jewish person. Since pigs were unclean, that was according to the law of Moses. In verses 18 and 19, the son says, I have sinned. The son's word represent the confession of a sinner. The son expected nothing and relied completely on the mercy of his father. So it is with the sinner who repents to God. He relies on the mercy of the father. Verse 20, the description of the father's compassion is running to his son and kissing him illustrates the immediate acceptance of a sinner who turns to God. Isn't that just, just think of that. It's, it's wonderful news. He turned, but, you know, see, the father wasn't waiting for him. Oh, I'll just sit back in here and wait, wait, wait. No, he ran to him. God runs to us and embraces us. Amen? This is what the, parent, this is what the, 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 the Scripture's all about. It's all about Jesus. It's us about knowing where we're at and confessing that we're sinners and Him coming to us. Amen? Verse 21, no longer worthy to be called your son. This was what I was speaking about earlier. Despite his awareness of being accepted by his father, the son continued his confession of his sin. He then asked to become one of the father's servants. Similarly, a sinner realizes that he or she brings nothing to and deserves nothing from God. But we must rely completely on God's mercy. I'm glad I don't have to rely on me. I only have to rely on Jesus, amen? Because John Newlands will fail you every day. I struggle every day. I'll fail you every day. The father accepted his son's confession but refused his request to make him a servant. Instead, the returning son was made a full member of the family again. That scripture means that you're not an outcast. Like I was saying, we're all family of God. We're all part, a full member of the family. Not just, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's John right there. Yeah, he, you know, no, you're granted in. You'll be sitting at the master's table. We're not, we're not looking for the scraps off the servant's table. We'll be sitting at the master's table. What a promise. What a if you really digest this story, it's really something else. It really shows the love of God. It really does. The robe that this father presented his son was the best clothes the father had to offer. The ring may have borne a family seal signifying the son's acceptance back into the family. The son's confession of sin brought full restoration. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need full restoration. And the only way we can get it is from Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse 24. The son was dead. He was alive. He was lost. Now he's found. The total transformation of the prodigal son is summarized in these two contrasts. Such a transformation is a reason to celebrate. It is also the reason Jesus chose to associate with the lost. Did you see that? It is also the reason Jesus chose to associate with the lost. What a, what a great passage of Scripture. The older brother's unhappiness over a fatted calf 
being killed to celebrate the return of his undisciplined brother illustrates the response of the Pharisees and scribes at the prospect of sinners becoming acceptable to God. That I never seen in the scripture before because you think, oh, he was just complaining and, you know, there was a song we sung, the dancing hearts got, he complained it wasn't fair and all this stuff. But it's, it's, it's in parallel to what the Pharisees was like in that day and the scribes at the prospects of sinners coming to God. They didn't like that. But we're all sinners. We all fall short. But verse 31, the last verse. The father says, all that I have is yours. The father responded to his disgruntled older son by explaining that just because someone receives a blessing, that does not mean there is no blessing for others. The the father also implied that the older son always had the opportunity to celebrate with a fattened calf since the animals were his. Amen. We serve a loving father. But do you realize today who the father is in this story? Jesus Christ. You may think, oh, what kind of father would do that for his son? But the father is speaking of Jesus today. See, me, you, we are the prodigal son. And we can turn, come to our senses, and the father will meet us and love us put his arms around you and say that he loves you, welcome you back into the family. I don't know if you've ever been an outcast of a family before because sometimes it's family that gives you the most problems. It's true. And sometimes you'll be an outcast for many years. You know, who knows? I don't know what you go through, but knowing that you're not an outcast in God's family. We serve a loving father, a good, good father. You know, we was just on a trip, and it, it just shows... We was on a trip. We went on a cruise ship with mom and dad. And, you know, you get on them big oceans, and you see the oceans for miles and miles and miles. And there's that old song, he has love vast as the oceans. Just, if you could just think of that today, on this Father's Day. And I'm not only just talking to the fathers, I'm talking to every single person here, the mothers, the grandparents, the sons, the daughters. You serve, we serve a loving Heavenly Father. And if you have not received that love, all you have to do is call out his name. Amen. So I pray on this Father's Day that we take an example out of this book, out of this Bible about the prodigal son, that we do serve a loving Heavenly Father. Amen. And I pray today that his love will reflect on us so we can show love to others. Amen, and God bless you, and happy Father's Day. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful word on Father's Day. I'm very proud of you, John. I'm proud of you because you're my son-in-law, a pastor here, and you're just such an encouragement to so many. You know, I was thinking on the story, and it's one of my favorite stories, actually, because I came from the gutter to where I am today. I came from down there. And there's many of us here in that place. But the wonderful, one of the nicest parts of that whole story was when he was in the pigsty. A pigsty. A place he should never have been in. 
He came to his senses. You might be here this morning and you haven't come to your senses. Let me encourage you to turn your eyes upon Jesus. Cast your care upon him and ask him to come into your heart and life and allow him to minister to you. This is Father's Day today and I'm going to ask the men. I've got a nice gift for you, so if you don't come out, that's up to you. But I would like all the men to come and line up in front of me here facing that way. All the men, praise God. Bill's coming first, look. He knows what we've got. Hallelujah. Come on, just line up this way. Face that way. Praise the Lord, Tom. Face up. That's it. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't that a fine bunch of men? I'm, I'm looking for an offering plate so I can come and take an offering up from you, but we don't have one. But guys, I want you to know this, that you're very important. I want you to know that you're very important to your families. Your example has been absolutely tremendous. and It's not finished now. It's not finished yet. You've got grandchildren. You've got your own children. And you've got people that you help along the way, the little kids that look to you. That, as an example, as you encourage them, where is, where's the big man? Come on, big man, Ian, you come to, it's not just fathers, it's men. Come on, Daniel, drag him out. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Where is Bonnie? You ready, girls? What we're going to do is we're going to give you a gift each year, and then we're going to pray over you. So as you stand before us this morning, and as we pray, I would like for everybody to pray for these men. I want you to pray that, you'll, that I will allow the hand of God to be on my heart and in my life. I want to pray that I have a, a, a right spirit within me. Praise God. Hallelujah. And a right heart. And I pray that for each and every one of you this morning. So as Catherine, she looks like the woman at the well this morning. Bless you, Catherine. <laughs> Who's at this side? And Karen? You can start off with your son, Karen. You can look up to him. This is a little gift for each and every one of you. And we pray that you'll be blessed. And every time that you look at the words in the front of the the cup that you'll think of the Lord and that you'll think where he's brought you from to where you are today and as the ladies of the church hallelujah praise God as the ladies of the church stretch forth your hands with me and let's pray for each and every one of these wonderful guys in Jesus name hallelujah many of you have been a tremendous inspiration to me and in my life. Many of you have been an example to me in my life. And I give thanks to the Lord for you. So as you, I just ask you to close your eyes just for a second. Father, as we come before you this morning, we give you thanks for each and every man that's represented in this place this morning. I pray, Lord, that your hand will be upon them and they'll be different from this day forward. Lord Jesus, you'll encourage them. 
whenever they find themselves in a difficult time or a difficult spot, that they'll realize afresh and they can turn their eyes upon you. And when they come to their senses and give themselves over to you totally, Lord, that you will lead them, that you will guide them, and that you'll direct their paths. Lord, that they will not lean on to their own understanding, but they'll lean on you. I give you thanks for every home that's represented here today. I pray that your anointing will be on their lives. I pray that their touch will be on each and every heart. And Lord, from this day forward, will be wonderfully changed in your precious name. I give you thanks for these men. And I ask for your touch to be upon them. In Jesus' name, and we all said, Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Bless you. Thank you, Lord. Let's all pray together as we end the service. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this service today, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the song. Lord, we thank you. Pray every family represented here, you bless them until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.